You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. I'm going to try to preach a little bit tonight. And so, take your Bible, turn to 1 Samuel 24. Thank you for the nice hotel and the basket of goodies uh, there in my room and and the meals. My goodness. I was trying to lose a little bit of weight. I'll tell you, I hate to go back home and get on scales. I dread it. Y'all fed me so good and taken such good care of me. My goodness. Thank you for everything. Pastor, thank you for having me to come and be here with you and your folks. This has been a blessing. Well, in 1 Samuel 24, and I'm going to begin reading in verse number 8, it said, David also arose afterward and went out of the cave and cried after Saul, saying, My Lord, the king. And when Saul looked behind him, David stooped with his face to the earth and bowed himself. And David said to Saul, Wherefore hearest thou men's words, saying, Behold, David seeketh thy hurt. Behold, this day thine eyes have seen how that the Lord had delivered thee today into mine hand in the cave. And some bade me kill thee, but mine eyes uh, spared thee. And I said, I will not put forth mine hand against my Lord, for he is the Lord's anointed. Moreover, my father, see, yea, see the skirt of thy robe in my hand, for in that I cut off the skirt of thy robe and killed thee not. Know thou and see that there is neither evil nor transgression in mine hand, and I have not sinned against thee, yet thou huntest my soul to take it. The Lord judge between me and thee, and the Lord avenge me of thee, but mine hand shall not be upon thee. As saith the proverb of the ancients, wickedness proceedeth from the wicked, but mine hand shall not be upon thee. After whom is the king of Israel come out? After whom dost thou pursue after a dead dog, after a flea? The Lord therefore be judged between me and thee and see and plead my cause and deliver me out of thine hand. And it came to pass when David had made an end of speaking these words unto Saul, that Saul said, is this thy voice, my son David, And Saul lifted up his voice and wept. Now I want you to look back, if you would, to verse 13. And David asked King Saul a question. Uh, He said, after whom is the king come out? After whom dost thou pursue? After a, a dead dog or after a flea? Now David is being chased, and you know that. He's being chased by King Saul. I'm going to pray and I'm going to preach or try to preach to you tonight on when kings chase fleas. When kings chase fleas. Father, help me tonight. I need you, Lord. I really do. I just need you so badly. Please help me. Lord, you know this and I know it. I don't have a thing in the world to lean on but you. I don't have... There's just absolutely nothing but you. Please help me. Help me to say what I should say and help me to forget what I shouldn't say. Lord, I would never say nothing to hurt you. 
or this preacher or these people to this church or the cause of Christ. Please help me, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Saul uh, was the king of Israel. You know, it was never the will of God for Israel to have a king. Never really, it wasn't the will of God. God wanted to be their king, but Israel said, we want to be like other countries. Let us have a king. So Samuel, God told Samuel, go ahead and let them have what they want. So the people's choice was Saul. Big, tall fella, head and shoulders above everybody else. And he became the king and he was humble. When they went to try to anoint him, they had to go uh, uh, get him out. He was hid. He was uh, uh, humble, you know. But he didn't stay like that too awful long. He got full of pride. And he just got into some things shouldn't have been into. You know, one time there in 1 Samuel 13, he tried to do the job of the priest. Remember that? Of, uh, of the preacher, of Samuel. He got in trouble. Well, he didn't get right about it. And in the 15th chapter, he, he, he directly disobeyed orders. He was supposed to go down and fight the Amalekites and utterly destroy them, but he didn't do it. And he come back with King Agag and the best of the sheep and the oxen, and, and Samuel heard it and went out and met him and said, what's this bleeding of the sheep and lowing of the oxen I hear? He said, well, I brought them back for sacrifice. Samuel said, half the Lord is great delight in sacrifice as he does in obedience. The answer to that's no. Trust and obey for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. So God, Samuel told him, God's took his hand off of you. That's it. He's going to pick another king. And Saul said, I've sinned, but he never did really get right. Well, as things went, Israel had uh, their arch enemies, the Philistines, so they went to battle. And they went up to battle, the Philistines, and Saul knew God wasn't with him and he was afraid. And so Saul and his army standing on one side of the valley and they was being cussed out by a giant. And that giant was standing defying God, cursing God, cursing the army of Israel. And David, Jesse's son, had two brothers in the military there with Saul. And he said, son, he said, take this corn and cheese and this bread and take these uh, food up and check on your brothers. And old David goes up there and he, he left his sheep with the hand of, a, of another shepherd there to look after him. And David goes up there and he sees it all. And David said, looked at them and said, well, what, what in the world's going on? I mean, uh, he said, uh, uh, somebody ought to do something about that. And they said, well, that's Goliath of Gath. He's undefeated. He's never, nobody's ever whipped him. And we don't, we're afraid of him. And David said, I'll fight him. He said, one time was keeping a sheep and a bear come out on dad's sheep. And I, I killed that bear. He said, another time a lion come out. And I killed him. And he said, I'll tell you, he said, with the help of God, I'll go down there and take that giant. And his brother scolded him, said, you need to get back down there and start watching sheep. And David said, is there not a cause? Is there not a cause? David said, bless God, something needs to be done. So David, David uh, uh, got his, old Saul tried to suit him up in his outfit, you know, and David said, I can't wear this. He said, not proved it. And David went over and gets his little shepherd's bag and the stones and his sling and his little staff and he goes down the hill in the name of the Lord of hosts. 
and he winds that sling up and here comes Goliath cursing every breath and David let that rock go and that rock come out of that sling and hit the giant right between the eyes and down he went. And let me tell you, listen to me, he fell face forward. The Bible says he did. Now I'm gonna tell you something about this. I used to box and I'm gonna tell you something. When you see a man get hit and he goes down face forward, you can start taking the gloves off, it's over. He's done. And let me tell you what happened. The rock was going this way, but he fell this way. Isn't that something? You know why? Because God hit him in the back of the head. <laughs> and I mean, he cleaned his clock, didn't he? And old David took his sword out and cut his old head off and drug it up the, uh, the, the bank and laid it at the feet of Saul and said, here it is. Well, somebody went running back into town and they said, Man, there's been a great victory up there. Saul's won the war, but he's got a boy up there fighting for him named David. And he's really something. He killed that giant with one shot. And so the ladies of the city began to write songs about it. They know the army was coming back in. Oh, Saul's on that white stallion. He's sitting up there, but he ain't right. He ain't right no how. And he comes in, and boy, he loved that first, that first stanza. Saul had slain thousands. Boy, he liked that. But when they got to verse two, his old chin dropped down. You know why? Because it said, Saul hath slain thousands, but David tens of thousands. And the Bible said, Saul I David. Well, let me tell you, from that day on, God rubbed Saul's nose. Every corner he turned, God was standing there making him face his sin. You know what Saul said? Man, I got an evil spirit on me and I got to do something. I, I, I need somebody can play a harp. And you know what? They said, we got a man. And they brought him in. You know who it was? Yeah. David. He was not only the best line killer and bear killer and giant killer, he's the best musician in town. <laughs> Brother, he'd come in, he'd set that harp up and he'd play it and old Saul would lay back in his recliner and put him right to sleep. Everything got good. He said, son, you send news back and tell your dad you're not coming back. You're going to work for me. And David stays there. Saul's son comes in. David meets him. And right away, they become best friends. Jonathan and David. You know the story. So every way Saul turned, God was reminding him, you ain't right. Now, I believe this with all my heart. Brother Treber, I believe Saul was a saved man. I believe he was. He said, what makes you think he was saved? Well, you just do the math. When he went up there to see that witch of Endor, and he said, call up Samuel, and she didn't know who he was, and, and, and Samuel come up and spoke to Saul. Saul said, tomorrow, Samuel did, said, tomorrow, you and your, your boys is going to be here with me. Well, where'd Samuel go? Samuel was saved. We know he was. He said, you'll be here with me tomorrow. And he was. Now, let me tell you something. But let me tell you, he got so full of rage that Brother Treber, he got so full of jealousy of David and so much hatred in him. When he'd come to the breakfast table every day, he was carrying a javelin or a spear. Now you imagine a man so full of hatred and jealousy when he comes to the breakfast table, he's carrying a, a javelin. 
You know, brother, you're supposed to come to the breakfast table with some napkins and a fork, amen? Brother, I ain't worried about fighting. When I get to the breakfast table, I'm looking for some eggs and grits, amen? I'm looking for some, some bacon, yes. Hey, but Saul didn't. You know why? He had things on his mind. His heart wasn't right. And at one point, and I'm going to leave a lot of this out. At one point, he threw a javelin at David, tried to kill him. And Jonathan would try to smooth it over and try to get him to be at peace and all of it. Do you remember how it was? And then David got to where he was afraid to even come in there. So one day, Jonathan told him, said, you stay out in the field and I'm going to come out there and let me talk to daddy. I think I can do something with him. Let me talk to him. And when he did, Saul throwed a javelin at Jonathan. Remember? He tried to kill Jonathan. And Jonathan then goes out there and he, he, he had his little uh, boy that run after the arrows. And he said, he told David, he said, David, and he made this up before it ever happened. He said, I'm going to shoot arrows. And if those arrows come in on this side of you, that means it's okay. Everything worked out. Dad's all right. You can come on in. But if I shoot those arrows and they go over your head, you better run. It's not okay. You know, Brother Treber, in my life and ministry, there's been some times when arrows went over my head and there wasn't a thing I could do about it. You ever had a situation where there's nothing you could do about it? That was one of them. David, there wasn't nothing David could do about it. And so Jonathan sent his little man in with his arrows and then Jonathan went and embraced David and hugged him and kissed him and said, you better run. You better go. Well, David takes off and those men that went with him, they took off and now they're on foot. They're running for their lives. And they run and they hide and they run and they hide and they hide out. They, I mean, there's so much. To me, First and Second Samuel's two of the greatest books in the entire word of God. Oh my goodness, what great sermons can be preached out of them two books. But I want to just show you. Now it's sort of getting down. And can you imagine? Can you imagine a king being so full of hatred and rage, Brother Treber, that he gets on a, he gets on a horse with the infantry or the cavalry, rather, of his, of his army, and he gets in an old military saddle. It's not comfortable. And he got that old bedroll behind that saddle and a canteen slung over it. And he's got his spear and he's got his food. All of it's packed up. And this is the king. Now he ought to be sleeping in a feather bed somewhere. He ought to be sleeping in the bed in there with feathers that deep. And, and, and he ought to be able to clap his hands and say, hey, I'd like to have a glass of milk in here. And they'd come running with some milk. Or if he wanted to uh, get up and eat a meal, they'd just have it ready. That's the way he could have had it, but he didn't have it that way. You know why? He got so full of rage that he's chasing a man that he hates. He wants him dead worse than he wants anything in the world. He wants David dead. Well, David, he loves Saul. He ain't got an angry bone in his body, nor is he jealous. He loved his son, loved his family, and Saul done everything. I left out a bunch of it about getting him hooked up with his daughter, Michael. He said, boy, if you get her hooked up with her, he said, that'll get him. She'll be a snare. But then Michael loved David. I mean, nothing worked out for Saul. Nothing worked out to get rid of this man named David. 
So he's chasing him. And one night, one of David's scouts come in and said, David, King David, he, Saul is laying over there in the next valley in a cave. We spotted him. And they're sleeping. And David said, I'm going to take one man with me and I'm going over there. And David went over there and he reached down where Saul was laying and he took his sword and cut off part of his garment. Then he comes back over in his stronghold out of firing range, you know. And he comes over there and he hollers, Saul! Boy, Saul's men jump up and they're looking all around. King Saul! And old Saul said, Is that thy voice, David? Is that you? Yes. And David said, Sir, why are you chasing a dead dog like me or a flea? In other words, if you kill me, you ain't done anything. I'm nobody. I'm nothing. You're the king. You are a king. You ought to be living better than you're living. You've got more important things to do than chase fleas. Now let me give you the message. Here's the message. First, I want us to see the type. I want us to look at the type. See, King Saul was a king. I'm talking about a man who had a scepter in his hand, had a royal throne and a crown, and, and was, uh, had royalty around him. But he wasn't acting like it. And you see, uh, now I want to show you the type. Do you know that, friend, that you and me are kings? Do you know that we're kings? You say, ah, preacher, we're not kings. Oh, yeah. Let me tell you something. Revelations chapter 1, verse 5. And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood and hath made us kings and priests unto God and his Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Hey, he didn't only make us kings, he made us priests too. Thank God when I was, uh, listen, I don't have to go to a priest, I am a priest. And when I get ready to enter into the Holy of Holies, I can go in there boldly to the throne of grace and, and go to him with my knees bended and say, Lord, I need your help. And listen, thank God he made me a priest, but he made me a king by the blood of Jesus Christ. And so are you. So we see the type. Now I want to show you the tragedy. The tragedy is when kings are not doing the job of a king. See, my job is to be getting people in the kingdom of God. Your job is to be out here winning souls and teaching Sunday school classes and running bus routes and singing specials and singing in the choir and ushering and working in the nursery and, 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 and whatever God's put you in, you're, you, you are somebody. You're going somewhere. But when kings chase fleas, you're just like Saul. You're sleeping in a ditch. You're sleeping with your head on a rock for a pillow. I mean, it's beneath the dignity of a king to do that. I mean, can you see the king every morning instead of getting out of that good bed he had back home? Can you see him getting up and sort of putting his arm in his back and said, oh man, them rocks under me that like I killed me last night. 
And they said, well, you know, sir, we could help you, sir, to go back to the palace. Oh, no, oh, no, I'll never turn back till I catch that boy. I'll never turn back. You know why? Rage. Sad to say God's people gets like that. When kings chase fleas, let me just give you some thoughts here. First of all, chasing kings, chasing kings will cost you peace of heart. Trying to get even. Hey, I want to show you, if you got your Bible and you want to turn, if you just want to mark this down, in the book of Ephesians chapter 4, here's how we're supposed to be. Here's what a king's supposed to be like. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God whereby you're sealed unto the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice and be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. That's what we're supposed to be like. But when you get to chasing fleas, you're not tender-hearted. You're not forgiven. You got all that old malice stored in there and all them old grudges and all such as that, you see. Oh, let me tell you something. That'll destroy you. It'll destroy you, see. It will destroy you. Then let me say, Chasing fleas will sacrifice your fellowship with God. First John, first John chapter one, verse seven. Let's just look at it and see what it says. First John one, verse seven. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us from all sin. But if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. And the truth's not in it. Hey, notice that. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, with the Son of God. We have fellowship with God. We walk in the light. But you see, when we don't, when we don't, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth's not in us. But boy, thank God for verse 9. If we confess our sin... He's faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Oh, let me tell you something, brother, that when you chase fleas, when you chase fleas, you sacrifice fellowship with God. I was in a, a, a revival one time trying to preach a revival in Greenville, South Carolina many, 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 many years ago. And I was in a motel, and I got down on my knees for the service, and I said, Lord, if there's anybody, this was before cell phones, if there's anybody in the world, Lord, anything, it ain't right in my heart towards anybody in this world, they're not right, Lord, would you show me? And there was a man's, there was a man's face appeared to me. I mean, what I'm saying, it come to my mind. You know what I did? I didn't pray another word. I got up off my knees, called my church. I said, can you get this man on the phone? all the way across the United States. Used to be in my church. Got him on the phone. I said, brother, I'm trying to preach down here. And I said, I'm not going over to that church and preach till I know everything's right between you and me. I'll just call him and tell him I can't come. 
Oh, you don't owe me no apology. He said, I owe you one. I should have called you. I said, brother, I love you. I, I don't want anything in my heart. Let me tell you something. If there's anybody tonight can walk through them doors and ruin your night, you better get it settled. Brother, I don't care who comes through there tonight. God being my witness, I could tonight say, listen, man, I got nothing against you. But if you chase fleas, it'll eat your lunch. Yes, it will. It'll ruin you. Let me say this right here. Chasing fleas will cost you loss of direction to the will of God. In 1 John chapter 2, chasing fleas will turn the lights out on you. You can't find God. You can't find the will of God. Listen to, listen to verse 10. Verse 9. He that saith he's in the light hateth his brothers in darkness. How about that? Even until now. And he that loveth his brother abideth in the light. And there is none occasion of stumbling in him. But he that hateth his brothers in darkness and walketh in darkness and knoweth not whether he goeth because that darkness hath blinded his eyes. Remember when Saul went up there to see about fighting them Philistines? And he, remember when he told, I can't get a hold of God. God won't answer me. I can't get a hold of God. So he disguised himself and, and pulled his coat up around his ears and put an old hat on and, 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 and went down to see the witch. A witch. The witch of Endor. You know what Saul did to witches before he got crossways with God? He put them to death. But now he's going to see one. You know why? He has no light. God won't speak to him. He can't get a prayer through. You know how he got like that? Chasing fleas. Chasing fleas. He got to where he had no light. He had no light. You know, and he goes up and he disguises himself. He said, ma'am, I, I wonder if you could pull somebody up for me. Now, I don't understand all of this. Brother Trevor, I do not understand it. How a witch that didn't even know God. It was just God. It was just God. Let Samuel come up. I want you to pull up Samuel if you can. And when old Samuel come up out there, he knows Saul. He said, Saul, why have you bothered me? Why have you brought me up out? And when she said, when he called him Saul, it scared that witch to death. She said, you're Saul. He said, don't worry, I'm backslid. I ain't gonna do a thing to you. I won't bother you now. I'll throw every conviction I got out the window. You don't have to worry about me now. You're all right. But you know why he had to call a witch? He had no light. You know what? When he was right with God, let me show you what he did. When his daddy's donkeys got lost, he went up in the mountains, didn't he? And took a servant with him. And when he went up in the mountains, and they looked around two or three days for them donkeys and they couldn't find them. He said, there is in this city a man of God who can show us the way we ought to go. Let's go down and see if we can't find the man of God. See, when you're right, you'll come down and see the preacher. Say, preacher, I don't know what I ought to do about this. When you ain't right, you'll go see somebody you'll know will tell you what you want to hear. You ain't got no light. Oh, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Better be careful. Chasing fleas will cost you a happy home life. Proverbs chapter 15. Proverbs chapter 15 
and verse 17, Proverbs 15. I'm trying to turn these pages. I don't want to bore you and I don't want to be too long. Neither one. But in Proverbs 15 and verse 17, better's a dinner of herbs where love is <coughs> than a stalled ox and hatred therewith. A wrathful man stirreth up strife, but he that's slow to anger pees of strife. You know what it's talking about right there? A wrathful man stirs up strife. Hey, you ain't got no peace at home. You know why a man's full of wrath? Can you imagine what it'd been like to live with old Saul? Can you imagine what it would have been like to live with Saul? You know what I believe, Brother Everson, that Miss Saul would get up in the morning and say, hey boys, tread soft. I'm telling you right now, I seen him go in the bathroom and there to brush his teeth while going. He went in there and had a jab. I mean, he, I mean, if you say one word, son, you'll get pinned to the wall. You understand that? He'll pin you to the wall. Don't y'all upset him. Don't mess with him. Because he walked around with his finger on the trigger all the time. You know why? He spent his time chasing fleas. Chasing fleas. Chasing fleas. Chasing fleas will destroy the emotional stability of your children. It'll make nervous wrecks out of your kids. It'll ruin your kids. Can you imagine? Jonathan, what a great guy. He was a peacemaker. He tried to make peace between his daddy and his best friend. Jonathan did everything. I guarantee you, Jonathan would get up in the middle of the night and say, boy, I just don't know what to do here. I love David like I love my own soul. I love my daddy. I don't want to go get my dad. But you can't do nothing with daddy. You can't talk to him. You know what the problem wasn't with David? The problem was in his own heart. He was possessed with chasing fleas. Hey, you know something? Chasing fleas, it takes a lot of time to chase them and energy. Hey, I was preaching. Well, I won't tell you where I was preaching. But I was preaching in a, at a church. And I got in this little old Cowboy Hotel, where I stay, just a little old place. And uh, I was preaching along these lines. Matter of fact, seen a man come in about halfway through the service, and you could tell he just got off from work. And you know what he had wrote right here on his coat? Orkin. Orkin. You know what that means? Professional flea chaser. <laughs> hey, Brother Treber, at night, the, the playoffs, basketball playoffs was on. Well, I was wanting to go on back to my room and watch a little bit of it. And that fellow walked up to me. He said, man, I like that sermon. He said, where are you staying? I told him. He said, oh, no. That's where you're staying? I said, yeah, he said, that's one of our best customers. <laughs> he said, he said, oh. He said, you could have fleas down there. I said, well, I don't want no fleas on me. He said, well, let me come by. So I thought he was going to come by. In five minutes, he's going to look and find out there wasn't none in it. He come in, and he unzipped his jacket and hung it up on the door. And I thought, this looks like it's getting ready to turn into work. He said, well, first thing we need to do, he said, strip that bed right there and take the mattress off and the box springs and lean up against the wall. And I got these special lights. 
to look it over and I look under the tabs and everything under all of and he said, well, do that. And he said, I'm going to put a white cloth on the floor, make sure that if there's any fleas, they'll go to it. Brother, listen, I nearly missed that whole playoff game. <laughs> you know why? Because chasing fleas takes time. You can't just walk in and see them. And you don't just get tangled up. It's got to be on purpose to catch a flea. Saul was driven by jealousy and anger and wrath and hatred in his heart. And folks, there's no place for that junk in the life of a Christian. Whoever it is tonight, you need to get right with them. Better take care of them. Chase and flee. When kings chase fleas. You know something else it does? I'm going to finish up here. I know it went too long. Chase and fleas causes you to be defenseless. Now I mean by that. You ever drove out here on the roads recently? Hey, I don't know how it is down, well I do. Down our way, I'm talking about North Carolina in the country. Man, you get down there, if a red light turns green, you better be moving. You know why? Behind, that fella behind you there, he'll be cussing you. You know what's wrong with him? He ain't in that big hurry. He's chasing fleas. He's in a hurry because he's chasing fleas. And they'll pass you and make old vulgar signs, cuss you, shake a pistol at you. You know what? When a man's like that, you know what's wrong with him? There's something else the matter. He ain't that mad because you ain't going fast. He's not that mad because I'm not going and driving the way he wants me to. There was something else driving him. You say, what's wrong with him? He's chasing fleas. You stop him and get to talking to him, you'll find out he's got problems. Oh, let me tell you something. <laughs> chasing fleas. Chasing fleas causes increased misery. Hey, you know something? Look at the prodigal son. He thought, he thought they owed him everything and he got all of his inheritance from his daddy. But let me tell you something. Brother, he was so miserable down there in that hog pen. He thought he'd be happy. I get out from under these rules. Hey, teenagers, let me tell you what the problem was. He was chasing fleas. I don't know what's wrong with this backslidden watch here. That thing's making a racket. I'm going to lay it right here and hope that it quits chasing fleas. <laughs> you know, this thing right here, sometimes if I get excited, that thing will, are you sure you're okay? Yeah, I'm doing good. I just, whoever you are, I'm doing good. The prodigal son thought he'd be happy when he got out of the house. But he found out getting his way, chasing fleas, running over dad, not obeying the rules. But he found out, friend, it wasn't nothing but a bunch of misery. Can I just wind this thing up? Hey, you know something else? Chasing fleas will cost you your testimony. 
You know, you got to work all your life to get a good testimony. Try to dress right, live right, win souls, tithe, be faithful to church. And you know what? If you're not careful, one little flea, you get to chasing it, it'll wreck your testimony. It'll ruin your testimony. And folks, it takes a lifetime to build it, and you can lose it in 20 minutes. You can lose it. You need to think about it. Think about how people viewed Saul. He didn't see himself the way other people seen him. His testimony was shot. Brother, you better be caring about your testimony. You know what it'll do? Chasing fleas will cause you to forget the grace of God, how good God was to you. There's so many things I've covered, but I'm going to quit. I, I, I've, I've covered enough of it. Tell you something else chasing fleas will do. It'll cause you to bring the chastisement of the Lord down on you. God will chasten his children for that stuff. If you don't believe it, read Hebrews chapter 12. Am I telling it right? Say amen. amen. Brother, let me tell you right now, if you belong to him, you can't go out here and chase fleas because God won't put up with it. Saul found out you can't keep doing this. You know what happened? Long story short, here it is. Saul had to go to battle fighting against the Philistines on Mount Gilboa. And there him and his boys, Jonathan included, Every one of them died there. They all died on Mount Gilboa. They was all killed by the Philistines. Saul really tried to kill himself. He fell on his sword and he was laying there wounded and wasn't dead. His armor bearer saw what he'd done and he'd done the same thing and he's dead. Here comes a soldier running by, and Saul said, Hey, son, help me, help me, help me. What can I do for you? Would you please go ahead and finish me off? I can't live. That boy took a sword or a spear, and he finished Saul off. And he got Saul's bracelets and his kingly jewelry and his crown and everything he had. Boy, he thought, I did something great. And he went running back fast as he could go to the palace or back to the, back to the stronghold of David. And he run up there and he said, hey, I got good news. Hey, here's the bracelets and here's the things that belong to Saul. He's dead. Your enemy's dead. And David said, son, how do you know he's dead? He said, because he, he wanted to die. He was already wounded. He asked me if I'd finish him off, and I did. David pulled him up and said, you did what? I killed him. He said, son, who are you? Who are you? He said, I am the son of an Amalekite. You know what it was? If Saul had killed all them Amalekites like he's supposed to, there wouldn't have been one left. It was that one little flea that he left. It was that one little flea that he left that got him. When kings chase fleas, they'll come back to bite you. They'll come back and get you. 
You said, you talking about fleas? Yes. You know, it's that person that you got crossways with but never did get that straightened out. It's that grudge you're holding right now. Let me tell you something. We was trying to have revival at our church and man, it was getting on. First week, I mean, it broke out and it was getting on. We had a man though in our church, it's been several years ago, and that man did not like the evangelist. He didn't like him at all. Matter of fact, every year he just wouldn't come. He didn't like him. But we'd done been going about a week. And I looked up on Monday night and that guy was sitting there on the front row, the man that didn't like him. I thought, that's unusual for him to be sitting here, especially on the front row, him preaching. And that night, that man, before I introduced the evangelist, he said, Pastor, I have something to say, please. We was in revival and it was going good. And I thought, well, it won't make no difference. It'll be all right. I said, come on. He stepped up there on the platform. He walked up just like this and faced the crowd. And he said, folks, I'm going to tell y'all something. He said, I got crossways and got mad at this man years ago, and I ain't never liked him. I ain't never liked this preacher. He's sitting there. He said, I'll be honest with you, I just about despised him. Tears started running outside his face. But he said, Brother Jimmy, I just want you to know you're not the problem. He said, I looked in the mirror and found out old John was the problem. And he walked over there and he had built this beautiful wooden coat rack. He, he was a woodworker, beautiful. And he said, I want you to have this. And I want to ask my church and my Lord, and I want to ask you if you'll forgive me. Brother Treber, that night, that evangelist hugged that man. That man hugged him. Listen, that evangelist never did get to preach. It broke out. Hey, it got so wild in there, I thought we was going to have to call a rescue squad. I mean to tell you, listen, people were shouting. People were shouting and praising God. There's people getting saved. There's people getting saved. We didn't have nobody preaching. We stayed till midnight that night. We stayed till midnight. Hey, the next night, it was wide open, man. I'm talking about a revival spirit, and we went several weeks. But you know what? That one man had been miserable and been missing out on all that because of one thing, chasing leaves. Well, I preached too long, but I want to say this. If you got a flea that's bothering you tonight, Get rid of him. Come to the altar and I say, God, I'm sorry. I've let this, I've been aggravated about this or mad about this. But I got to get this out. I got to get rid of this tonight. Let's bow our heads. You know, there might be somebody here tonight and you don't know you're saved. You know something? Jesus died for your sins on the cross of Calvary. He was buried and risen again that you might be saved. I hope tonight, listen, if you'll, if you'll just come tonight and say, I come tonight putting my faith in the Lord Jesus as my personal Savior, you walk down this aisle tonight and get saved. If you're listening by the way of live stream tonight and you're not saved, you ask the Lord to save you tonight. Trust Him. I wonder how many Christians 
would be on. It might have been something happened 20 years ago that's been plaguing you. It might have been something happened two weeks ago or a month ago. Something happened today. You said, boy, you know what? Before God really turned his blessings on me, I need to get that right. I've been chasing fleas. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.